Lecture topic. Ashira, understanding generosity. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillahi wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi al-lazeen as-tafa. Amma ba'du fa'audu billahi minash shaytanir rajim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. إن عدة الشهور عند الله اثنا عشر شهرا في كتاب الله يوم خلق السماوات والأرض منها أربعة حرم فقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من وسع على عياده يوم عاشوراء وسع الله عليه السنة كلها أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected students of Deen, mothers and sisters, last week we had discussed some lessons from the dua that the Sahaba Ikram used to recite at the beginning of a month and the beginning of the year. So today to just also discuss some further aspects regarding this month of Muharram and the very great occasion of Ashura that we are now at the doorstep of. The virtues of these occasions have been discussed repeatedly every year. We have discussed them. You have heard it from others as well. And some of them are perhaps very clearly inscribed on our hearts and minds already. We know the virtues very well. But together with knowing the virtues, we still have to keep revising this to kindle within ourselves the spirit of Amal, the spirit of practicing on what we have learned. Otherwise, merely knowing something, that itself is not going to be sufficient. And in fact, that can become a very big problem for a person that the person knew something and did not make amal. Obviously this pertains to the farais, wajibat and the necessary aspects of deen, staying away from what Allah Ta'ala has forbidden, what Nabi Islam has forbidden us. A person had the knowledge of that, not having the knowledge of it and as a result not practicing is one major wrong which a person will be taken to task for. And having the knowledge of it and not fulfilling the requirements is a double major wrong. And that will become a greater difficulty on the day of Qiyamah. Allah Ta'ala save us. So therefore, we are in a situation where we are learning, we are acquiring the knowledge of Deen that brings greater responsibility on us. For ourselves and for people around us as well, in our homes, etc., families, that we who have had and been given this opportunity to acquire the knowledge of deen. So you are in a madrasa, you are learning what deen is all about and the various aspects of deen, various amal of deen, what's to be done, what's not to be done. So now that this opportunity has been afforded to you, so those who have this opportunity, we all have to become even more conscious. And we have to set the tone we have to lead by example in our homes our families must be able to learn from us 
learn from our words also. And even more than that, they must learn from our actions. Unfortunately, sometimes, they may learn something from our words and learn the opposite from our actions. So as a result, they don't give too much of importance to the words. Say, well, this person learned it, but this is how this person conducts himself or herself. So what's the difference about if I do the same? I didn't even have a chance to go to a madrasa. I didn't have the chance to go and learn deen in detail. So if this person who has been in the madrasa and is learning for so long, and if she conducts herself in this manner for me, then it's a smaller thing. I don't have to bother. If she is also sometimes doing things which she shouldn't be doing, so it means it's fine, it shouldn't be a problem. That's the lesson people unfortunately take. And we will be responsible for that. So we have to become very conscious. And we cannot take things just casually and take it for granted. We have to present the correct example. So as far as the faraiz, the wajibat, sunnat muakkada, there is no compromise on these matters. And likewise, staying away from haram, there is no compromise on that. That they must always see the correct example from us. And if we have made a mistake, we should retract and make it clear that I made a mistake here, so people don't follow our mistake. We should make it known, I slipped up here, what I did was wrong, and I made toba from this, I have now stopped this, so people cannot then make that as an excuse, that so and so also did it, so I can do it also. We should retract, we are insan, we can make mistakes, and Allah Ta'ala is most forgiving, we make toba. But then if somebody has taken the wrong example, they should be informed as well. That's a complete issue on itself, now that we've touched on it. If a person has done something wrong in privacy, then a person must make toba in privacy and correct the matter with, between him and Allah Ta'ala. But if a person has displayed that sin or done it in the presence of others, then, depending on the situation, this is not a blanket ruling, but it will be important for the people who were witness to the sin to also know that you made Toba. Now, for example, somebody was involved in some kind of wrong communication. So now that must stop. It's wrong, it's haram, it's sinful. But then the people who were aware of this, that somebody, this person now was communicating with this person and that person, people unfortunately, all these things are done and then it's advertised also. That I was involved in this kind of communication with this person and that kind of communication with that person. And some people take this kind of pride in it, that Na'uzubillah, they're committing more haram. This is just a way of understanding it and this is the reality sometimes one person is communicating got some haram these are all ajeeb things that come up from time to time somebody was communicating with one person some illicit relationship and talking haram and then somebody else was boasting that no you only talking to one person I'm talking to three people so in other words boasting over committing more haram nausbillah. can we imagine how terrible this is in the Hadith Sharif it is mentioned 
that kullun nasi mu'afan illa al-mujahirun everybody will be forgiven except the blatant sinners then among in the description of this among the people who have been described as blatant sinners nabi sallallahu says a person committed some sin privately secretly allah taala cast a veil over that meaning allah taala concealed it but then the person himself tears that veil open allah taala concealed it that my servant will make toba he will repent he come back to me so i will save his izzat so allah taala conceals it doesn't let people get to know about it but now this person decides to now tear down that veil that allah taala placed over the issue and goes around talking about it himself or herself they start putting it on the social media groups that this is what i did and this is where i went and sometimes the worst thing is in a kind of boastful manner allah taala protect us allah save us we can jeopardize our iman in this manner when a person starts boasting over sin it is a very fine line there's not a fatwa that a person who has done this has lost his iman but it can become very dangerous for iman if the person regarded a sin as a sin then that provided it is there in the heart that this is wrong it's a sin then iman will not go but when a person starts boasting over it it's just a matter of a very very fine line that the person just crosses over that and allah forbid starts regarding that sin as nothing and that is extremely dangerous and then worse than that is trying to justify the sin so this is a very common problem unfortunately people start advertising this they start boasting over their sins and that is an extremely dangerous situation for one's iman allah taala save us and protect us so many times things happen and a person is shocked that how could this have happened now person just before death blurted some things of clear kufr and now the person left dunya on that note blurting out things of clear kufr it's so shocking sometimes a person long before death suddenly does something and completely goes out of deen nauzubillah very very daringly and announces to everybody also nauzubillah this is what i've done now that becomes such a shocking situation and the kind of person and one wonders that but how could this have happened but very often there are things of this nature in the background what is in the background sometimes there was persistence in some sin and then eventually that sin was not being regarded as a sin anymore now that already jeopardized the iman so then it just became a matter of time before something more blatant will happen and make it obvious that the nauzubillah there's no iman here but that iman was already gone from before that was just the expression that happened later but the iman went in a way the person also was still not yet realizing it thinking to himself herself that no i'm fine still but meanwhile they started justifying sin and they know it's a sin knowing it's a sin trying to still make it light trying to just just dismiss it trying to trivialize it whereas it's known to them this is something prohibited in the quran sharif is something nabi sallallahu alaihi has clearly prohibited and of the highest level of authenticity and now they trivializing it 
that the iman has gone. And as a result of iman having gone, now the person is just a matter of time that that gets blatantly expressed as well. But now that becomes a shock later to people. The background is this. So this is just something that has come in passing that a person making toba, but if others are aware of the sin, he should rather let them know. So I made toba. I have stopped this. This is not something I'm doing anymore. So that they are witness to his toba as well. They were witness to his sin. They are now witness to the toba as well. So we started off at a different point. The issue we were discussing was that this Mubarak month and the lessons that come in it. So just to move on in terms of the some of the lessons that we take from this Mubarak occasion, the occasion of Ashura in particular. In regard to the virtues of Ashura, we have heard this many times, but we have to keep discussing this and revising it as mentioned, so that it becomes part of our life. And we lead the correct, we lead by example, we set the correct example. So among the lessons of Ashura, one very great virtue that has been mentioned in the Hadith Sharif, which is very very well known, and mashallah people are very conscious of it, they try to make amal on it. Nabi says, Man ala ashura. The person who will be generous upon his family on the occasion of Ashura, Allah Ta'ala will be generous upon him throughout the year. Now for most of us, we will not be in the position of the one who is being addressed, because we still are under the care of our parents, we are still, so to say, on the receiving end. But the lesson is for everyone. Now, Allah Ta'ala has placed virtue in different occasions, whether it is Laylatul Qadr, that Laylatul Qadr is more valuable than a thousand nights. How it became more valuable than a thousand nights? What made it more valuable? That once, subhanallah, a person decides on Laylatul Qadr, the reward of that will be equivalent and in fact more, better than the reward of making ibadat for 1,000 months. 1,000 months, one subhanallah. Now like that every salah, every other amal performed on the net. How it became so valuable? So Allah Ta'ala made it that. Allah Ta'ala put that virtue in it. Out of the mercy for His servants, that my servants will be able to gain so much from this one opportunity. They will apply themselves, they will dedicate their time, they will engage themselves correctly, and now because it is now such a great occasion, they'll exert themselves and they'll earn so much. So it is Allah Ta'ala's grace and mercy, Allah Ta'ala put that virtue in that night, so that His bandhas, His servants could take such a great reward and go. So likewise, Allah Ta'ala placed this virtue of generosity in the day, in the occasion of Ashura, Allah Ta'ala's generosity upon us is beyond our imagination. We cannot make shukr for even one fraction of it. We can't fulfill the right of shukr for that one fraction of it. But Allah Ta'ala is giving us this message that I have placed this virtue in this, in this occasion that a person who will be generous upon his family, spend a little more on them, Allah Ta'ala will be generous upon him, but by acting upon this, 
by making amal upon it, the lesson of generosity will sit in. And then one will learn to be generous with everybody. But this is an occasion where the virtue is for one's family, immediate family. But the lesson of generosity has been given in so many other, in ayat of the Quran Sharif, so many other ahadith, that one should be generous. One should have a big heart. One should not be miserly. One should not become extravagant and definitely not wasteful, but one should be generous. And there's great rewards for the generosity and there's great benefit and bounties that come from the side of Allah wa ta'ala. In one hadith sharif, Rasulullah says that Allah has appointed two angels. One angel makes dua, Allahumma a'ati munfiqan khalafan. Allah, the one who spends for your pleasure, in your part, the one who spends for the cause of deen, the one who spends to help others, the one who spends to make others happy. Now, we often spend, but we spend for what? For our own leisures and pleasures only. Our necessity is obvious, we're going to spend on that. There's no uh, question about cutting down on the necessities of our families, but we often spend in things that are wasteful just for the sake of making some name for ourselves, just for the sake of now living up with others, not even that we are really wanting to benefit personally out of that, but more for the sake of just making a name, just to show off, just to live up to the standards that others are setting. Now that is a very dangerous thing. That is squandering the na'mat of Allah Ta'ala. That money should have been spent in helping others. That money should have been spent in taking care of the needy. Somebody needs some urgent medical treatment which they don't have the funds for. The public hospitals are just not in a position to be accessed because now that person is going to get an appointment for one year's time to go and do that operation and the private care is beyond the person's means now sometimes if we just look at what gets wasted in one day that might have done the person's job we're not talking about what was enjoyed as a halal ni'mat we're talking about what was wasted for the wrong reasons just for the sake of just making a name and fame or just squandering in some other way that would have taken care of somebody's medical need that would have taken care of somebody's food for the day and for the month, that would have taken care of so many other things. The example that is was given many times, quite some time ago we had discussed it last, so it is something that inshallah will be beneficial for us again. Many, many years back, there was one friend who came to show a car that he had bought. So now this is going back maybe some 25 years. So 25 years ago he bought one car and he came to show that this is a car he bought. So the car was a V8 model, uh, V6 model or whatever something, 6 cylinder. Now I asked him how much is this car? So he gave me the price. And the car that is one model lower than this, what's the price of that? Uh, that was a 4 cylinder 
Now all these cylinders and so on, we might wonder now, some of us, what cylinders? Whether it's a gas cylinder or which kind of cylinder? So in any case, this is the models of the cars. So that was a four-cylinder car, meaning this. So he said, no, that was now the price difference. Whatever the price difference was 25 years ago, for our understanding in today's times, it will amount to like roughly maybe about 250, 300,000 rands. Whatever it was at that time, that is what that price difference will amount to in today's terms. If not 300,000, at least 200,000. So 200,000 rand difference. So I asked him, but what's the difference in the vehicle? This one you bought is 200,000 rand worth uh, more. What's the difference between this and the one below it, one model below? So he said, no, this one is much faster. It's got a bigger engine. So what speed can that one go to? The one which has got a smaller engine. So he says, well, that maximum speed might be about 160 kilometers, 180 kilometers, 190 kilometers. And this one? This one, 240 kilometers, maybe an hour. So I said, 240 kilometers an hour. So he thought, I'm really thrilled about it. So yeah, 240 kilometers an hour. So I said, forget the 240 kilometers, that 180 kilometers also. If you drive at 180 kilometers, you are risking yourself, risking your passengers, and risking other people on the road. And there's so many issues that can come out of it. So to start off with, already that's dangerous. To drive even faster than that will be even more dangerous. And how often are you going to do that? One day on some open road, you're going to try that out, which is very dangerous. So for that one day, two days, once in a while, to do something so dangerous, you spend 200,000 rand. No other benefit, because all the other luxuries and facilities and whatever else that is in this, in that, uh, this, this more expensive car, the car that is one model below has got all that as well. Got the same comfort, same kind of seats, same kind of everything else. The only thing is the speed. And that speed that that car got also is already so much more higher than what you need. And it's fact dangerous if you drive it at full speed. So what you spend your money for? So now he started thinking and he started thinking home that what he did. Like can you imagine a person spending 200,000 rands to be able to drive for 5 minutes at a speed of 220 kilometers an hour. 5 minutes, 10 minutes he'll drive. Allah knows best, how many times a year? And if he manages to do it safely, it's illegal to start off with, and very risky, very dangerous. What he's going to get out of it? What is going to help him? What is going to help anybody else? It poses a very big danger to everyone, and helps no one. The only thing it will help for, it will help to give him one cheap thrill. And so that he can boast about it to others, that I really opened this engine out. I drove it at 220 kilometers or 230 kilometers. Besides boasting about it, what else he got? So now for that boasting, he spent 200,000 rands. Now this is the reality of it. In order to boast, we spend 200,000 rands. In order to boast, people spend hundreds of thousand rands in some wedding decor. Some decor to make that place look like very, very smart. Now they spend 100,000, 200,000 rands on flower arrangements and whatnot. Things that will all get torn down and thrown away. In a couple of hours after that whole thing has happened, it started off sometime in the morning or afternoon, but before the evening it's all over, 
and all that is torn and thrown away. How much was spent on all that deco? 100,000 and 200,000 and what not, Allah forbid. Now all this is that wastage which is sinful. And the other part of this is that this money could have helped so many people and could have been so beneficial for the very desperate people. And that's one part of it. The other part of it is that this wastage draws down the wrath of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala's ni'mad. One is a person could afford something better and use it in a more comfortable manner, something that makes a person feel nice about it too, no problem. But this purpose of just showing off and making a name for oneself and complete futility, this is obviously what we have to change. So on the one side, this lesson of generosity is an extremely important lesson, but at the same time it teaches us that we need to, a person for example, gave a thousand rands to somebody who was in need. So mashallah, that's an excellent thing. So now that doesn't mean that because I gave thousand rand to somebody who was needy, so now it makes it okay for me to waste another thousand rand to make a name somewhere. Or in something of this nature like as I described. So now because I gave thousand rand here, so if I threw away another thousand rand, it doesn't matter. No, no, I'll still be answerable for that. I'll get rewarded for this thousand that I gave, but throwing that away in things of just this kind of nature, just making a show, just making a name, just trying to live up to the Joneses, just trying to boast about things, that will still be answerable. And one will get taken to task for that still. So again, some degree of comfort, some luxury, Allah Ta'ala has provided some halal means, and a person lives uh, in a little bit more comfortable way, enjoys some luxuries, no problem. We make sugar upon it, and use it in the correct way, Alhamdulillah, no problem with that. But there's a line to that. There's a line to it, which we need to maintain. That that itself does not become the purpose of our life. And now everything gets focused in that direction, everything revolves around that, and anything new comes on the market, I must have it. Doesn't matter what I got, it's still good as new. But now that also must be had. Why? Because that's the latest. Now what's late, what's better in it, I don't even know. There's more features in it. I'll ever use those features, I don't even know. I might never use it. I might use 1% of it sometimes. Because what I have already, I still haven't explored all the features of that yet. And haven't used all those features yet. But now, the, whatever this consumerism and this materialism, now that is the total opposite of this generosity. Because that focuses a person in just dunya and just amassing the things of dunya and just wanting the things of dunya all the time. That desire for always one, that is a very serious matter. Allah Ta'ala has blessed some halal na'mad, use it, make shukar upon it. But that desire mustn't be there that I must have this. And I must update it to something better. And something new has come, I must go for it. That then is a very serious matter because it changes the focus of the heart. The heart, the focus of the heart must be towards Allah Ta'ala, towards earning the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, towards the amal of deen, towards akhirat, 
He was making our jannat. And we use the things of dunya, we fulfill our needs. Allah Ta'ala has made things comfortable for us, very good, Alhamdulillah. And we try to help those who are in dire situations, those who are in difficulties, then we'll get rewarded for that too. But this must never become the focus of our life. The focus of our life we have been taught to spend for Allah Ta'ala. And do things for Akhirat. And live our life in that manner. So, any case, this is a very important lesson to learn on the occasion of Ashura. The lesson of generosity. And with that generosity comes the lesson of not being focused towards dunya. That is what the spending creates. One of the things about zakat, that a person must give that zakat and give it wholeheartedly. Give it happily. If a person had uh, 100,000 rands and he has to give 2,500, so now quite easy, person takes out the 2,500 and he gives the 2,500. But now sometimes when the numbers get big, now a person has to now dis- discharge that zakat, but the numbers are big. Many people, it becomes a very big test for them. See, but you know, with this amount now, and I could have done this and that with it. Whereas they're not looking at the other 97.5% Allah Ta'ala has still kept with them. They're looking about those 2.5% that now they must discharge. Now, one of the things that has been, this zakat is a command of Allah Ta'ala. Whether we understand the wisdoms behind the commands of Allah Ta'ala or not, that is not the obligation on us. The obligation is to fulfill Allah Ta'ala's commands. But the ulama have written among the hikmat and the benefits of zakat is that it creates this, this aspect of spending for Allah Taala and not having this desire to cling onto the wealth but to learn to spend and learn to spend on others. Because that's what zakat is all about. But that's compulsory that a person has to give it and has to give it to the needy. Now it teaches us this lesson. That not confined to zakat, but over and above zakat also. To open our hearts out to others. And to spend for the sake of Allah Taala. So this is a very, very important lesson. We should revise this lesson. Remember it. Talk to our families about it. And also in our own capacity, make some amal upon it. In the occasion of Ashura, those of us who are balir, we can... Something of or the other we can share with our family members, our siblings, give them something. And give them even ten rand hadiya, immediate family. This is household people. But that will make us among those who have practiced number one. Though this is for the head of the household, this is addressed to him. But we in some way have practiced also in some way. And as the main thing is it will inculcate in us this lesson. And then to our capacity Maybe we can't spend more. We can spend one rand at a time sometimes. Some friend of ours, some classmate, somebody who is in need, some person was begging at the door. From our own savings. One rand, two rands, once in a while too. But we should create the habit of spending. We should create the habit of being generous for the sake of Allah. And be happy upon it. One is to give that zakat and now feel it like a burden. The zakat will get discharged. And even if it is felt like a burden, person must never withhold it. And if that mujahada was very heavy, Allah will reward on that mujahada also. But the thing to inculcate is that to start making the heart feel happy on doing it. 
and feel very very grateful that I was blessed with the opportunity to do it not just to feel like I did somebody a favor this was a favor upon myself that I had the opportunity to give something so this is the very important lesson that we need to learn we need to inculcate we need to bring into our hearts and minds we need to learn from the lessons of the pious people what kind of generosity they had we should read up about their incidents as well there's a lot of lesson and a lot of inspiration that comes from reading about the lives of the pious and especially those who were closer to time to us and especially in our situation the primary address is to the students of Madrasa Salihat this has been the Madrasa established by Hazrat Muhammad Yunus Pradesh Sahib Rahmatullahi the lessons of generosity that came from his life many had been discussed before some time ago many of those who are now much younger they would have not seen him or heard about him but many of you might still remember the personality and Allah Ta'ala had blessed him with tremendous great qualities but among the qualities that really stood out among them one of it was the aspect of this generosity he had a heart of gold and there was it was like not imaginable that somebody would come for something and he'll leave empty handed there was something or the other that the person left with and there were times when he would give away household things somebody came okay give this just pick it up and give it away Sometimes people are looking for it afterwards. What happened with this? And I gave it away to somebody. The generosity, there's so many incidents about his generosity. Allah Ta'ala give tawfiq on some occasion, we might discuss some. But this is something to be done, to read about and hear about the lives of the pious. It has a very great impact on the heart. And this helps us to inculcate those same qualities that they possessed. Allah Ta'ala wa ta'ala bless us all on these Mubarak occasions. The amal that have been uh, discussed previously also we should try to take advantage of this occasion fasting on the 9th and 10th of Muharram or the 10th and 11th the 10th is the main day and the aspect of being generous on others on our families these are the amal of this time Allah tabarak wa ta'ala bless me and all of us with the tawfiq and enable us to inculcate all these beautiful qualities in our lives and live in the manner that Allah ta'ala becomes pleased with us and we meet Rasulullah sallallahu on the day of Qiyamah and he is extremely happy with us. Allah Ta'ala give us all the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'awana an alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu. Allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayk. Anta kama athnayta ala nafsik. Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallama bima huwa ahluh. Allahumma iftah lana bil khair. Wa khtim lana bil khair. Wa ja'al awaqiba umurina bil khair. Biyadika al khair. Innaka ala kulli shayin qadir. ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر مستعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم 
انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله واصحابه اجمعين والحمد لله